0: There it is. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a thought-provoking conversation with today's guest. He's a wealth uh he's a wealth of expertise and a dedication to social responsibility and sustainability and will leave you inspired. So let's get this one going. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a true visionary with us, someone who has dedicated over two decades of uh, catalyzing social responsibility and sustainability. He's a seasoned entrepreneur, consultant, and advisor, and joins us from Vancouver, and he's here to share his invaluable insight into how business can make a meaningful impact on society. So get ready for a conversation that will inspire you to take action and make a positive change in your organization. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Rowland. Like the party is ready to roll. Thanks for coming on.
1: Already started. Good to meet you. Glad to be on your show. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, man. All right, let's start off with uh, question number one. Everybody always wants to uh, come on the show and promote something. There's something that you do for a living, a way that you make money, and your message needs to get put in front of more people. So, what is that message? What is it that you do for a living?
1: Every business has a role to play in supporting our. Our work to solve for climate change, our work to help communities be more successful, our work to solve for the inequities that we find in communities. And our job is to help companies figure out what their role is and how they can make a meaningful contribution. Every company can help us us lift up the long-term well-being of people and our
0: planet. And uh, we've all got a role to play. We just have to figure out what that role is. Sounds to me like uh, it's a bunch of companies that don't know that they're capable of making an impact like that until you come around and show them. So who would be targeting? Are we going after specific industries, maybe in the tech sector, maybe in the industry, industry sector? What are you going after?
1: Well, it's, it's all companies can make a contribution. A lot of companies think of it as charity or somehow giving back. Uh, But actually, there's lots of business models that are more successful because they're more community engaged. And we're seeing the most success in the financial sector, banks and insurance companies and even investors, and then also in consumer goods, companies that rely on the goodwill of consumers to keep them going, are are doing the work that it takes to, um, to drive loyalty, to inspire people to buy from them instead of their competitors. And they're doing that by being more engaged and active community citizens.
0: Yeah, it's funny because at the end of the day, a business is in business to make a profit. I always say that that you are in business to be of service to other people, but your business is purpose is to to make a profit. And sometimes you're you're right. We kind of mix the two up. We think, well, if I do that, it's a way of giving back because it's an afterthought, not really understanding the value that you bring by uh, capitalizing essentially on building that community of people that support you. When people rally behind a cause, they really stick around. They all of a sudden are wearing your jersey and rooting for you all the way through and through, buying from you, endorsing you, doing all these different things. Uh, Let me ask you, I mean, you bought into this idea, which means your entrepreneurial journey has to be something where you thought, look, I could have gone the corporate route or maybe you did for a while. Now I'm doing this thing. How did you get started with as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, I'd say I'd say a couple of things. So first off, I'm not sure that the purpose of business is to make a profit. I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs start their businesses. Um, But it seems to me that the, the most successful entrepreneurs have a purpose that goes beyond profit. They're interested in doing something that delivers value to their customers and that will drive profit, but profit becomes the side effect. You get a lot of cases. If we focus on driving the profits, we end up eroding the long-term value of the business. And part of our problem in business has been this sort of short-term focus on quick returns. Uh, but if we shift our focus to the long-term and think about how we can help our constituencies, our staff, our customers, the communities where we work, if we can make them healthier, then we're delivering value into those communities. And that's actually what's going to drive sales and drive profits. So it's a little bit of a flip on the on the reason a lot of people do start their entrepreneurial journey. Now, don't get me wrong. We're a for profit business. I'm interested in making a profit. I'd like to get dividends at the end of the year. But I came into entrepreneurship by accident. I think a lot of people get nudged into entrepreneurship by accident. I got laid off from a job that I loved way back in 2001. And there was there were no jobs in the market. It was the dot-com bust. We were in a deep, deep recession. I couldn't find a job. And so I ended up starting a business, just sort of hanging a consulting shingle with a friend and, and founding business partner. And we started a business almost by accident. Entrepreneurship takes a lot of courage. And I'm not sure I would have had the courage if somebody hadn't given me the shove by laying me off out of a, a corporation. But I have no regrets. It's been an incredible 20-odd years.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like that's the, uh, that's the theory behind skydiving, right? Supposedly, it's the greatest thrill once you've left the plane, but leaving the plane is the hardest part. Sometimes somebody <laughs> needs to just give you that little bit of push and get you going uh, so you can feel that exhilarating oh, feeling. Really? And, I, and, and uh, I agree with you. Uh, oftentimes, you need to have a vision beyond the profit. That's why I feel like your personal your personal goals, your personal vision is to be of service to others in some way. Uh, and, and let me ask you about your educational standpoint, because, um, there's so many different things. I know when I was growing up, it was very much graduate, go to college, get a good job today. I'm not saying the same thing. My son's 13 years old and that might not be an option. I'm actually telling them, dude, there's so many different opportunities that you can have right now that aren't necessarily the same college route. Um, what was your background as far as education is concerned. And when you're looking at people in the industries today, what do you see as a trend for their backgrounds?
1: So my I did do a university degree. um, I but I took I got I took eight years to do it. So I did a four year degree, it took me twice as long, because I was working at the same time. So I spent 10 years working in bicycle stores, I was selling mountain bikes, and as mountain bikes were becoming the cool thing. Um, And it took me twice as long to do my degree. But i did a degree in uh, philosophy and political science i studied the stuff that i was really interested in i was always interested in political philosophy right how communities come together and why they fall apart and that was what was interesting to me so that's what i studied and it's turned out that that philosophy degree has had incredible application as i went into business for myself and we started to, to build out this consulting firm that we run um i i think you're right i think there's so many different pathways to success my son is 22 And he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his career. And he's just up and moved to London in the UK just for a change of scene and to check out a totally different community and to just explore. I think that's fantastic. I also think that, um, you know, I see a lot of younger people that are moving jobs every two or three years and they're using the early career steps to try a bunch of things and pick up skills along the way that they might not get if they just stayed in one, one location for a long period of time. Um, And I think that uh, I think the other thing that's like dramatically changed since I went to school is how um, how we can get just in time learning now. Like if I if I need a particular skill, I can go online and learn it. And it's really affordable. Right. It's really quite cheap to get these just in time skills that I can pick up along the way. I don't need to go do another degree or another diploma. Um, I can just pick up the skills as, a, as I work and along the way. It's, you know, it's great to do a degree. It's fantastic to earn a, a, earn a formal diploma. And it gives you the really foundational skills. But there's something about learning in real time and, and activating that learning as you go. And as you, you need the learning to take the next step in your career or your role. That's a, like a huge change in the last 20 odd years.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. I remember growing up as a kid. and um, the my favorite thing to tell my kids is is when when I wanted to know the answer to something, well, tough. like if you didn't know it or you didn't have an encyclopedia handy or a library handy, you just didn't know and you kind of had to deal right. with the fact that you just didn't I've know. Got,
1: like the whole universe is in my pocket. It's yeah. incredible now, right
0: It's amazing, right? Just in time learning is is definitely a tool that you that you can utilize. And you mentioned uh, one of the opportunities that you're seeing people do is go from job to job every couple years, learn a couple of skills and apply it. Um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, sometimes those skill sets that you learn, you learn by making mistakes. Uh, you, you go and maybe apply for a job and it doesn't work out. Uh, it's not always necessarily a bad thing when you find out something isn't working for you or in entrepreneurship, you make a mistake, you, you get to learn some lessons from that. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from the mistakes you've made as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, we made, uh, it's funny. We think of them as mistakes. Sometimes it's just that things didn't quite go your way. Right. And it, you, sometimes things are out of your control. Uh, so the, the biggest challenge that we've had in our business was um, was having to close an office that we had in India. So we opened an office in New Delhi in India in 2011 and we kind of went all in on it. Uh, every time I tell a story, I have a picture in my head of James Bond pushing the chips across the table in Casino Royale. We went all in on this Indian expansion. And it was great for three years. And then it was terrible for one year. And we had to close it. And it was uh, like a super simple business decision. We were done. It was just on paper. It was crystal clear. We couldn't go any further. We had to close the office. But it was a really devastating personal opinion because we put so our, our personal um, decision because we put so much heart and soul into it and we'd put so much on the table to make it happen. Um, but the mistake wasn't so much that we had to close the office, the mistake was how we responded to that decision. So how we responded was to kind of put our tails between our legs and behave with a real scarcity mentality. Um, so my business partner, Adam and I, two years later had a meeting in Toronto, I can remember it, we would borrowed a friend's boardroom for a day to do some planning. And we had come to the realization that we were just behaving with this scarcity mindset and we needed to shift our attitude and shift our perspective back into an abundance point of view. And I think that's the biggest lesson that we've learned right the way through 20 years of running a business is if you embrace an abundance perspective, things start to flow. If you hold it, if you hold yourself back in a scarcity mindset, things stop flowing, opportunities stop coming because you're trying to control everything. If you just trust that there's enough out there that there's abundance and you can um you can sort of open yourself up to possibilities then you start to see opportunities that you might not see if
0: you're feeling too scarce it's uh it's strange how when you're young especially in those teenage years Nobody knows what you know, and you happen to know and have all the answers for every every problem that life throws at you. It's not till you get a little bit older where you experience things like this, where you have a, a big slice of of humble pie, where you have to kind of change your perspective, learn from what you were doing, and, and make those changes, uh, but it gives you perspective. And then for some reason, we become older men, and we feel like we can impart this wisdom onto the youth somehow, some way, like they're going to listen, like we tried to listen back then. But we give it our best shot. And so that's kind of my next question to you is uh, if you were to be able to advise young people, these 17-year-olds who are about to graduate high school and go into life, based on what you've learned yourself, what advice would you give them today, I guess, compared to what you were doing in the past?
1: Awesome. uh, So there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is um, it's okay not to have all the answers. I don't know is a good answer to a question. And make, sort of staying open to learning and staying open to changing your mind—that's really, really important. And it can be hard because I remember being a cocky 15-year-old who had all of the answers, uh, and I—I I would kick myself now. That's probably the first advice I'd give myself. I could go back and talk to my 15-year-old me, like, slow down, man. You don't have to have all the answers. Uh, and then the second thing I would say, and this is this goes straight to our philosophy and our business: relationships first business second relationships first always and in everything that you do honor the relationships that you have honor your friends honor your family honor the people that give you a chance honor the the colleagues that you work with that are happy to teach you as your peers as you're settling into work but build the relationships because if i look back now on 20 odd years in business we've got a we've got a fantastic business it's successful it's growing but it's growing because of the networks of support that we've built over two decades, right? Consistently working to offer value into relationships before we get the value back, right? To contribute and contribute and cultivate those relationships. It's the relationships, the networks, that that incredible capacity is actually what serves and supports you as you get into the, the more challenging times in career when you have more responsibility and more big decisions to make and so on Uh, relationships first, always and always.
0: Man, that relationship thing is, is also easier to do today than it was in the past. I mean, I remember growing up and uh, picking up the phone and making a phone call trying to talk to a friend or a girlfriend or something like that. And then mom picking up the other line and be like I need to use the phone or "or I couldn't do I couldn't make a phone call because the line was busy and uh, or writing a letter that took days to get there or writing a note in class and passing it. The communication the way we have the ability to not only develop relationships but maintain those relationships has tremendously grown and and i i feel like one of the best ways that I've been able to kind of maintain relationships is to kind of give a little bit of an ego stroke, tell a story about a a client that we were able to help to help kind of promote what it is that other people are doing literally what I do on this show every day, um, kind of give that little bit of ego stroke by telling people stories. Uh, And that's kind of my next question for you here is uh, I feel like case studies and stories are really what drive people and give people not only that ego stroke that we're talking about, but to show other people, this is what we're doing for them. This is how you can actually change something in your business that you might not have seen before that can have a a great social impact. Do you have any stories like that that you can share with our audience about what you're doing for some of these companies to, to kind of show them where they can make positive changes?
1: Yeah, lots and lots of stories. And it's it's fascinating to me, the more we sort of study and learn about how uh, social purpose business or sustainable business, like pick your jargon, the more we learn about how those companies work, the more we see that they actually outperform their peers. Um, so we've just finished a piece of work with a, a big a, a bank here in Western Canada that has uh, its board of directors articulated a social purpose for the whole organization um and it's a purpose around solving for income inequality right we all know that rich people tend to get richer and poor people tend to be stuck and the gap between them is getting bigger and bigger and it's a real hardship for for americans and canadians and brits like this is true across so many different countries and these guys this company has set about to help solve for income inequality in canada that's a huge big vision and they're not going to solve for it themselves they need government to help and they need social sector to help but this business is committed to it and they're aligning all their resources and all their capacity to making a contribution into that problem but how do you measure the contribution like how do you know you're making progress and that's the question they brought to us so we helped them develop a purpose measurement framework and we've now got really really clear 2040 target and really clear twenty thirty interim targets, and then really clear metrics to measure success over the next two or three years. Complicated assignment, really really tricky piece of work, but we've done it. Now they're equipped to measure their their uh, progress. So that's one. We also just finished an amazing piece of work with the Canadian Museum for Human Rights. So this is a nonprofit, and it's the only national museum that's not in our capital city of Ottawa. It's at a really important um, geographic place where A number of uh, Indigenous nations used to meet and gather every summer. Beautiful location, incredible building, but their work is just remarkable. Um, And their mandate under law, so it's a federal museum, so there's a law that actually established the museum, and their mandate is basically to make a contribution to the global conversation of human rights with a particular emphasis on Canada. So that's a big, huge mandate, and there's all all sorts of things that they could do. And the conversation we've been having is, OK, if we want to make a contribution to human rights around the world, what's the best way for us to show up? What's the one thing that we can do that, that we're sort of distinctively, even uniquely able to do that no other place could do? And we've helped them to answer that question. And they're just rolling out that new strategic plan. Uh, so those are just a couple of things that we're working on right now that have just been incredibly inspiring and really, really fun
0: how do you how do you differentiate yourself differentiate yourself in the marketplace cuz i mean some of these have very great uh like missions behind them, right? Like solving that income inequality, that's a huge mission behind it. It's a, it's an immensely huge project, but the mission behind it, there's, you know, there's definitely something you can jump behind and they're not the only ones doing it. Same thing with a lot of these uh, humanitarian things. Uh, There's, there's so much that people can get behind, but they're not the only ones doing it. There are organizations and consulting companies like yours. You're not the only one doing it, but you're differentiating yourself somehow, some way. And I feel it always comes down to that one thing. This is the thing that we do better than anybody else. This is the reason yeah. why people come and work with us. What is that for your organization? What is that for Junction?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question because our, our purpose at Junction is huge as well. Uh, we want to help the world accelerate its transition to a purpose-based economy right so one that's not extractive that doesn't drive wealth into a small number of hands but one that serves all of us and does so within the limits of our planetary boundaries that's a huge purpose that's just gigantic and our vision is just as big our vision is an economy remade to serve the common good so that's going to take all kinds of businesses and ngos and activists and policymakers and legislation there's whole much in that but the particular piece that we're good at our mission is to help leaders build the success stories of the purpose economy. So we want to see case studies that show us there are different ways of doing business that actually work better. And our particular work is to help leaders, and then like small L leaders, not necessarily people that are the chair of the board or the CEO, but people that are leading this new way of thinking about business wherever they are in the organization. Right? They might be the junior most person that just happens to have an inspired idea or they might be a manager or they might be the CEO but wherever they sit our job is to show up with the empathy and the capacity and the support to help those leaders drive change in their organizations so that's the piece that we're really good at
0: and i think you're coming in at a good time because there's so many entrepreneurs that are starting off right now um, and they are not coming from the traditional business model that we've seen for the past you know 50 to 100 years it's a completely different world which means a- And just because of the access of information that they have, they're looking at things a little bit differently. And this is a perfect time for your company to come in and kind of show them, look, this is what you can do that aligns with how you feel about certain topics uh, and and make that big difference while at the same time turning that profit that you're looking for. And I feel like every company – gets really good at doing something and then they try to get better at other things or try to build efficiencies to become stronger your company is doing is doing some great things but there's always ways that we can get better what is it that you feel like you're working on right now that's either new to the business or you're trying to become more efficient at
1: so it's it's interesting right like we're going to build success stories of the next economy a lot of that is like we know it's a success story because they've been successful So then the question is, Okay, well, what drives the success? One is this sort of really deep, meaningful commitment to a purpose beyond profit. So we can we can help companies articulate that purpose and then sort of align their operations toward that. That's work that we do. Another piece is measuring it. That's work that we do. Another piece is communicating about it. Like, how do we share and showcase those stories? That's work that we do. But the really interesting piece that I'm working on now is trying to figure out Okay, in order to move quickly, those companies need to have a really healthy and effective organizational culture that drives that change and supports that change and the adoption of purpose and integration of purpose throughout the whole organization. And we've never been really strong in the organizational culture work. So that's like the learning piece for us now. So you've got a really sound strategy and a really great sort of public brand that engages customers. And then the third piece is a really strong organizational cu- culture that engages staff and then it all starts to work together and you accelerate the progress. So it's this organizational culture piece that we're working on now, super interesting learning.
0: It's intense, right? The the culture kind of just spirals together, and all of a sudden, you got this nice, powerful synergy going through uh, everything from what your messaging is to what your clients expect to what the culture is inside the company. I think that's that's a great way to kind of approach the the uh, what you're doing here, how you're helping people kind of grow, and and really encapsulates the overall message to reach that mission that you're going for. So as the ceo as the person running this ship you have a specific mission you have a specific vision i know you've shared it a little bit already but my last question is usually on where do you see the company going where are you today and and what's the future hold
1: so we just brought all of our staff together we have staff in canada and, and the uk we brought them all together in june in uh western bc to have a retreat and we have articulated our plan for the next two years and it calls for us to pretty much double in size over the next couple of years. So like you've just said it, this is a great time for a company to be doing the kinds of things that we do. It feels like the market is calling for what we do. Uh, so we're we're stepping up and we're committed to really aggressively growing the business and responding to the call to do business in a different way, to use business as a force for good.
0: As you're saying that, I'm picturing like uh, that Batman signal in the sky. Like, it's our time. Here we go. Calling upon all entrepreneurs, right? The bat signal is out. (laughs) All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much for coming on the program today, man. If people want to reach out, they want to find out more about what it is that you do. How can they do that?
1: They can hit our website, junction.com. And we're all marketers from way back. So junction is spelled funny. J-U-N-X-I-O-N.com. And Mike at junction.com, they can reach out direct to me.